Hey guys, and welcome to Overtly Casual, the podcast brought to you by myself, Dak, and my brother, Tyler. Uh, today we got volume three, I believe, of Two Guys, One Closet, and joining me in my closet studio today is my boy, Jake. Jake, go ahead and introduce yourself. What are you? What are you about? Hey, what's going on? My name's uh, Jake, uh, buddy of Dax, obviously. Uh, we'll get together. Uh, alpha male's a track, right? Cool. Yeah. Cool. But... Uh, yeah, I've just been uh, in the in the Air Force, obviously with Dak. Um, met his brother, they're cool as shit. Uh, that's yeah, that's pretty much it. He met my brother in the best best scenario. way possible. Yeah, best yeah. scenario possible. Yeah, you can't beat it. I don't think this story's been told on here before, but uh, for the listeners who aren't uh, in my current unit, uh, my brother for the Christmas party this year walked in and I and I asked him to come to my Christmas party. I let him know, hey man, I got you a ticket, yada yada yada. He walks into uh he was the president of uh a fraternity. I won't say which one because I don't know if he even wants to share that. But he was a president of a fraternity. He walks into uh his apartment where a bunch of pledges are sitting around and uh he's like, Hey, one of you fuckers are driving me twenty one hours right now to New Mexico to go to my brother's Christmas party, uh, and the first guy that hopped up was my a boy. Badass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking badass. You can't, you can't beat that motherfucker. He is dude. the pledge, and his name is Roland. Roland Jaworski. Yeah. Uh, he's he, and at the time he had this kick-ass fucking mullet. But Tyler's like, hey, one of you fuckers are driving me, and Roland threw his hand up. He's like, I got you. I'll go right fucking now. So he yeah. drove uh, my brother and my father, you know, 21, 23, something like that hours straight all the way to New Mexico uh, where he also attended the Christmas party and he sung Party in the USA I believe yeah. in front of close to 150 people and they were. Uh, this is like suits we're all wearing suits we're super dressed up this dude shows up in khakis and a button up so not terrible not terrible but definitely a little underdressed and he has a mullet this, yeah he has a mullet <laughs> this motherfucker straight rips his shirt off and this dude's let's just say he hasn't passed up a donut in the last couple oh, of years. Oh, he's a heavy set guy. But yeah. He wears it. <laughs> no, no, yeah. He but, wears it attractive. Yeah, he was not scared to just get out there. Yeah. He's got balls the size of a fucking tractor trailer. Yeah, dude. shout out to Roland. He got up in front of all of us and fucking. He sung "Party in the USA." Everybody's hands were swinging. He really was probably one of the highlights of the evening for me. It was the highlight of the evening. And he was Are a little gangster too because we were oh, like yeah. we were acquiring items from yeah. the tables. Like yeah, various cookies and mugs yeah. and lanterns and stuff like that, and he was the perfect cover. But he was known as the pledge, yeah. uh, and I'm happy to announce. I, I think I can announce this, so I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I'm happy to announce that that pledge is not only a full fledged member of the fraternity. Yeah, he is replacing my brother as the president. El Presidente. Yeah, dude, he's going to be the president of the fucking yeah. of the uh, of the fucking frat, but. Yeah, that's how Jake met my brother. Um, and oddly enough, our fucking boss, our commander, said that my brother looks more rugged than me. I was like, hey, do you think my brother and I look alike? Like, yada, yada, yada. He's like, that. he's more rugged than you. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Be, that motherfucker has not been deployed. Like, I'm yeah. rugged as fuck. Speaking of two dudes in the closet, no homo. Your brother's a good looking guy. You know what I, mean? I mean, dude, he's, he, when he's skinny, he has six pack abs. When he's fat, he has six pack abs. 
I don't understand. He fucking weighs more than me right now. Dude's a unit, man. No homo. Two dudes, one closet, one cup. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one guy, one jar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, my brother is a handsome dude, and he's tall, and his teeth are way whiter than they should be, somehow crooked and straight at the same yeah. time. Uh, not to ride his dick too hard. But you yeah. had a, a great introduction to my family and the, yeah, yeah. the hosts of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, man. So, so jumping into more about you and less yeah. about... Uh, the legend that is the pledge turned Predis and my Roll brother <laughs> Rolando dude. Yeah, Rolando. dude I had this great joke when I went home a couple weekends ago check out the YouTube video guys of me surprising Tyler when I went home to surprise him yeah. Roland was there he gave me an embrace he was more happy to see, them, see me than my brother was Yeah. and uh, he gave me an embrace and he just like he was blacked out at a party the night that I came home. That's what I like to hear. Because um, we had to get my brother, we had to convince my brother to leave his party Dude the night before trooper. graduation yeah. to drop 30 minutes so I could surprise him. So I get in the car with my brother and uh, and one of his friends, and we, we drive to this party, and Roland is passed out. He's blacked out. Dicks are all over his face. Like, he fucking yep. everything that Shout he deserves. Shout out to frat life, dude. He heard, like, one of our other buddies, Will Fredeking, uh, mm-hmm. he yells, Dex here and Roland from a straight slumber came out from a straight up death slumber, dude. Like <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, baby. <laughs> he like fucking sits up like yeah. the Exorcist and like runs over and he embraced me for a solid three minutes. He's like, yeah. Dak, I'm so glad you're here." Yeah. And I felt the love, dude. But that's dude, Rolando. Trooper, if you're listening, I love you. I love you too. You're <laughs> you're my brother. You're a legend at our squadron. You're a legend at this base. Really, I mean, a lot of people are starting to say that you don't even exist. That's how much of a legend you yeah, are. Yeah, that's true. Like it's it's a fabled tale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. Yeah, getting uh, getting past <laughs> Christmas party. Yeah. Getting past rolling. Yeah. Uh, what what brought you here? All right. Uh, what brought me here? So, I had an interesting childhood, to say the least. I think that's why I'm on this podcast. But uh. An interesting childhood to say the least. So uh, I was born. Uh, I was born in Italy, off base. So I was a dual citizen for the longest time, which was cool until I had to join the military. But that's fast forward. But lived down there for about uh, six years, and then uh, my both my parents were in the Air Force. Dad's originally from Wisconsin. My mom is from Oklahoma. Was that Siganella? Were you born in Sig? No, I was born outside of Aviano. Aviano, yeah, the mountains, so northern dude. Italy. Yeah, yeah the mountains. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And so uh, my parents met in Altus Air Force Base, Oklahoma. My mom was originally from like two hours away from there, so she was pissed to be stationed there. <laughs> Worked out. She met my dad. Um, yeah, and then they got, uh, <clears throat> my mom got knocked up, uh, moved to Italy, and then my mom had me there, obviously. And uh, my dad was deployed all the time. My dad, uh, for a background, which we'll come into later, my dad was a uh, he was a diesel mechanic by trade in the Air Force, but then he was a SEER guy, which for you guys that don't know, SEER, non-military dudes, is survival, evasion, resistance, and escape. So basically, uh, it's an Air You get paid by the Air Force to basically be a prepper, is what it is. I, yeah. When I hear SEER, I think, insane. Because yeah. it's, it's just torture. Either they're getting yeah. tortured or they're torturing other people, right? Yeah. Like, whether it be via uh, restriction of food and yeah. water, isolation in either, you know, desert, yeah. forest, or even urban climates in yeah. some cases. I didn't know that about your dad. That's yeah, fucking so, badass. Yeah, so my dad, and, you know, we'll get into that later of why I have some crazy stories of how my dad was, you know, 
before Seer was officially a full-up job, that's, he did it as an additional duty. Went okay. through the courses and then went through additional duty. But um, So he deployed. He was deployed all the time. Um, so, uh, But, yeah, eventually went from there. Uh, did a year in, a uh, little over a year, actually, in Japan. My mom uh, did a year there. Uh, and my mom was supply by trade, by the way. Um, so did a year in Japan and uh, then did a year in Hawaii, actually. Um, so before uh, English was the last language that I learned actually so it was Italian first because I had an Italian babysitter and then Japanese because I went to a Japanese school and then I finally learned English in Hawaii right around the time I was in Hawaii leaving Japan I could speak a little bit I could get through a conversation with my mom because she couldn't speak any of that shit it was mostly my mom taking care of me at that point yeah. my dad was always deployed but um yeah, and then eventually went to luxurious Grand Forks, North Dakota, <laughs> and that was a fucking blast, but, um, and yeah, and then my dad got out there, uh, he had been deployed for, let's see, uh, 27 months out of 36 in the last three years. Holy shit. So it time for him to re-enlist or stay in, so he punched, and he's originally from Wisconsin, like I said, so he moved back. My parents got divorced at that point, they weren't getting along, so... Uh, I moved in with my dad, uh, a huge fan, I love my dad, he's still my best friend to this day, but, uh, so he punched, and then my mom became a recruiter, stayed close to me, she recruited out of Minneapolis for four years, and then Milwaukee for almost five, and then, uh... Did your mom retire? Yeah, retired. She was retired as an E8, uh, yeah, so, uh, my dad got out at 10, uh, he was, uh, tech, got out at 10. Fast burner. Yeah, fast burner, he, uh... You safety uh, NCO of the year, actually. Damn. <laughs> yeah, he was a fast burner. He was my dad's a good dude. Uh, like I said, was still my best friend. But yeah, so that puts me uh, in Wisconsin, where most of my escapades began, because I grew up in a town of eleven hundred people. With I graduated with fifty five kids, and this was uh, basically Canada. I grew up uh, an hour and a half away from the Canadian border. So really. Yeah. So it's crazy shit. To go back to Japan. <clears throat> yeah. How did they treat you? Because I've heard, I've never been to they're Japan. They're super fucking racist. Yeah. I've never that's been to Japan, but that's what I've that's heard true. is like, if you're not ethnically Japanese. Yeah. Like, and you, like. Japanese even, by far, you think America's bad. Japanese are the most racist people I've ever met. You couldn't even, even if you lived there for a long time, unless you married a Japanese woman and had Japanese children. If you, you marry, it's kind of like you hear about Hawaii, right? Yeah. Where they're like, oh, if you marry a Hawaiian woman, it's super bad right and it's just like oh everyone hates you in hawaii yeah it's the same thing in japan if you marry a japanese woman there it's just not a good look damn it's not a good look. i've heard they're super racist they're man. super racist but they're super racist mostly well towards white people i got picked on a lot as a white guy so my school in japan that's weird my yeah <laughs> so that's the crazy thing too i i don't i'm not a racist at all it, because in my life, I was the one that was a minority most of the time. Because uh, Japan, when I went to school, I had 20 Japanese kids. Uh, it was me, two other white kids, three black kids, and four Mexicans. Just the, those, and all obviously those were all Americans, and the Japanese kids were Japanese, and we all had to conform to the Japanese school. So I have pictures of me in you know traditional robes and what. Yeah, and we eat sushimi at lunch. Nobody eats sushi over there, by the way, for you guys that are listening. No one, sushi is pretty American. Very rarely. Tokyo, 
yeah, there's a lot of sushi. We we would eat straight up sushimi every day. What is and sushi I was raised in o- Okinawa. It's a straight up raw fish, dude. Oh, okay. That's basically what it is. It's straight up raw fish. To, um, no rice, none of that shit. You're just eating raw fish. That was our lunch pretty much every day. And uh, but <laughs> it's fucking funny. Yeah. To think about you, <laughs> dude. I, I legit. I got think picked about out you a lot. Fucking dude. corner with a bunch of Japanese kids. Like dude. hashtag no racist, but just a bunch of Japanese kids just yeah. kicking the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag got the fuck beat out of me yeah. when I was a little kid <laughs> by these. Well, okay, so PE. Uh, you know, gym class for us is fucking what? Dodgeball? Uh, I don't know what you guys play. Presidential physical fitness test. I remember that. Yeah, really. yeah. Presidential physical fitness assessment. So, dude, think of PE over in Japan is completely fucking different, dude. Okay, again, hashtag racist. Is it combat related? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So, think of it as fencing, but we used to get those wooden swords. Okay. And we, that, honestly, that was fired most of the time. And that's what I remember a lot. We put on the little fencing helmet put that fucker on and then we wear these white uh garb it was basically a gi it was like a gi it was like a gi but it was a little different and then that was our fire class was we'd train with these things and then we'd fight each other well these. yeah so this is and those fuckers were good yeah this is predominantly a, an MMA podcast outside of yeah um you know the leadership stuff we talk about yeah, yeah exactly and so yeah some of the listeners from <clears throat> MMA Twitter like they'll understand exactly yeah. what you're talking about mm-hmm. You know, because uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu came from the Japanese version of jiu-jitsu. Exactly, and, yeah. and heavy in judo and stuff yeah. like that. It was all so. combat sports. All I had was combat sports. They don't... They like baseball. That's about it. Really? And really, in the, in the South, they don't... It's more of a Tokyo thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and there's, like... And uh, it's really effective for those guys to practice, say, jiu-jitsu, judo... Of yeah. These uh, physical sports, like uh, the sword yeah. fighting, stuff like that. All I'm saying because... is, if you're just an American dude who loves boxing, and you go over there, you don't, don't don't fuck around. Yeah, don't. Up. Yeah, don't go rolling into a fight hot. I mean, yeah. you're a big body. That's gonna help you out because they are tiny. They're yeah. tiny people. Yeah, but that's you're gonna get fucked up probably. <laughs> well, yeah, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Yeah. With like, you can't fuck around with an 130 pound guy. Who is say he wrestled four years in high school? Yeah, wrestling to me is a martial art, right? And so if of you wrestle, if you wrestled yeah. four years in high school at a low level school, whatever, yeah. you can still demolish ninety percent of the American population, male Absolutely. population, right? Absolutely. So you like same thing applies if you have a hundred thirty pound population of guys over in Japan who you know just casually study. Yeah. Uh, all throughout primary and secondary school, yeah. jiu-jitsu or judo or fucking sword fighting, then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, that stick, that piece of wood in the corner becomes yeah. something that not that kills you, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You. legit. They, 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 they'll fuck someone else. Or he single-legs you and that just chokes you the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. What's the end result of a blood choke? It's death. Yeah. It's death. Because in death. seven yeah. seconds, you're, <clears throat> you're out. In seven seconds, you're knocked out. And then Absolutely. two minutes later, you're dead. Yeah. Maybe not even, depending on how strong they are. Like, not even two minutes later, you're dead. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, so basically, yeah, I came to Wisconsin, uh, started school there, finished school there. I call it Wisconsin home. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then, uh, so I love sports. I love playing sports growing up. Uh, I was a really good basketball player. Uh, got a couple scholarships. I was an idiot in high school, and you'll see why. I'll get in some stories why I probably, my grades aren't the best. But got recruited by a private school to play basketball. 
uh, did my last semester of high school there, started getting some trouble. So uh, I actually wanted to be a Marine because uh, I got into trouble to the point where basically the cops were like, well, if you don't join the military, get your life together. Because uh, I basically got my way out of three underages at that point because I was on the basketball team. Yeah, I got a full ride scholarship to play basketball at this private university in Wisconsin, um, and I just basically shit it away. It was a med school, a super nice med school, tons of hot chicks there, and I just shit it away. So, okay, walk me through uh, then, yeah. ninth grade. Yeah, that, what happened in ninth grade when you're fourteen? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what did? So was that the ninth grade the first time you fucked up? Tenth grade, like oh, at dude. which point did Jake's life say, "I'm just gonna"? You mean start taking a left turn? Yeah. <laughs> taking a hard left. As soon as I moved to Wisconsin, dude. There we go. As soon as I moved well, to Wisconsin, you came from a fucking Hawaii. Here's the thing: you can grow your hair out, but you can't hide the red on your neck, dude. And yep. I was born to be a redneck, dude. <laughs> I, I just I love hood rat shit. It's from my dad, obviously. My dad is just a crazy fucker who taught the craziest stuff to crazy people so but my dad is very quiet very calm doesn't mm-hmm. say hardly anything ever so I think that was and I was an only child um, mm-hmm. so I think that was my way of acting out trying to get my dad's attention when I was a kid yeah. just doing the craziest shit possible so, so like uh, so you came from Hawaii to Wisconsin uh, yeah Hawaii to North Dakota to Wisconsin. Oh yeah, Grand Forks. But I don't. I didn't spend much time in North Dakota because my dad had shortly gotten out after that. Maybe a little less than a year. Okay, so yeah. a short time there, and <clears throat> so you went to Wisconsin when you were how old? Nine, ten. So you were yeah ten years old in a yeah, very 10. small town yep. where every ten year old had went to school for their entire life with the they, same half exact of them never even seen a black person. Yeah, with the same exact people, right? So yeah. you've traveled the world. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Yeah, effectively you grew up, <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. You yeah. grew up as a, as a child of the world, right? Yeah. And then you you come to this small town and then you're like how can I find the quickest way to kill a deer with the door of a Volkswagen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Basically, uh so my dad had split from my mom like I said, moved to Wisconsin and then I became I began training is if you will (laughs) my dad he's not really a prepper honestly he's not a prepper at all he doesn't keep food or anything like that yeah but is if to a normal person the best way to describe him would be a prepper minus the food i'm kind of a prepper like my wife and i we talk about it like what are we gonna do i've every day when i drive to work i'm like if i see a meteor that is coming in my field of view. Dude, that's I'm wait, that's right what, dude, you need to get I'm, that checked out. I'm dude. turning right around. I'm telling I'm like, you. Dude. I'm going to pick them up. I'm driving to West Virginia. Like, I'm on AWOL if out. everything's good. You're way too paranoid. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think about, I think prepping is a good idea because, like, where it we is, live. It's we, good to know the stuff that I know. Where, yeah, where we live, if something happens and we're cut off and Dollar General or Albertsons or um, oh yeah, and this train is one of the hardest. Yeah, yeah. Walmart like they stop like they run out of water. Desert food. train isn't the hardest to survive in. Uh, the jungle is for sure. This is all from training. <laughs> training. <laughs> the jungle is definitely the hardest environment to survive in. But, but here, like, the there's forty thousand people. The second, here. Yeah. yeah, there's forty thousand people here. Most of them are dead. Like right yes, within sir. within a week. Well, look at these people. They live off fucking sugar and. There's no water here. Yeah. Eh? There's no water, and the, half these people they couldn't go a day without sugar caffeine. 
Like, they would die. Yeah, so there's no fucking water here. Yeah. There's no, like, you have cows, so the farmers are going to be fine. Yeah. And the poachers are going to be fine. Because the first thing I'm doing, if I have to stay here... Annihilating, like, four fuck cows. Fuck, yeah. yeah! I'm going right fucking two yeah. minutes down the road, and I'm yeah. loading up as much cow meat as I can. I don't even care. I don't know how yeah. to butcher a fucking cow. But guess oh, what? It's got, <laughs> it's got skin. I can cut through it. And yeah. I know what the good parts are, okay? Yeah. So I'm going to take the good parts, and I'm going to fucking, you, uh, you can know... Eat a, dude, I'm telling you, I've eaten every part of an animal ever. It's great. I, so, yeah, my dad, well, for you guys uh, to learn a little bit more about into that, I used to do these uh, checkups. They're four times a year. My dad would pull me out of school. For a week, I would live in the woods. A week. This is the Hunger Games, bro. Yeah, well, basically, dude. <laughs> I was fucking Katniss or what the fuck, ever Dean or whatever the fuck her name is. But I was out there. Uh, yeah, my, I got a bow and arrow when I was like five years old I think and then a BB gun when I was five and then I could shoot accurately over 200 yards with a 243 at like seven years old God damn. and then I, so basically I would start these uh progress checks right around the time when I was 10 because my dad got some land in Wisconsin and I would go uh he'd drive me out in the middle of the woods and uh he some every once in a while He'd give me something, maybe like a knife. It was always maybe one thing, a knife, uh, one bottle of water, one thing of duct tape. That was it or something like that. And I would just survive for a week. And it, in Wisconsin, the winter was always the roughest. Yeah. Yeah. That was, That's but, West Virginia as well. I was thinking like yeah. if everything was cut off, like you can throw a rock and hit a stream, a mountain stream, freshwater. Mm-hmm. Um, you can throw a rock and hit a deer. Uh, every day they're bouncing through. Water was never jobs. a problem. Yeah, yeah, water, food would be pretty easily uh, acquired, even if it's yeah. you know if yeah. bugs, straight up bugs. Like yeah, that's fine. Like you can, we'd figure it out. The hardest thing would be winters in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what? The first time, like, did you know progress checks were coming? Yeah. You knew they were coming? Were you just hyped up? In a way. Because that's every kid's, every kid's dream is like. Yeah. So I tell a lot of people that grew up in cities and stuff like that, and they're like really, like weirded out like that. They're they're like, oh, your dad must have been a monster. And I was like, I love these things. He was giving you tools. These were the best things that I had ever, um, I look forward to these, honestly. So I would just, you know. I would look forward to it. The winters weren't the best, but because Wisconsin in the winter is terrible. But so you went through it like you know, ten, eleven, twelve, through your youth, through your formative years, right? Not really yeah. your full formative years, yeah. Because I think between you know, seven and twenty-five years old, that's your formative years. But for, yeah. from an early point, you figured out something that most guys don't figure out till after their brain's fully developed and they're forty years old post yeah. maybe a military career you figured yeah. out when you're alone what you are yeah and and that part was easy for me it never drove me crazy being out in the woods alone because i was an only child yeah so that was never a hard part for me honestly nothing was really hard about it i loved it, it was out there well you think about like so i'm going to study anthropology and that's yeah when we look at <clears throat> the way that people used to live say ten thousand uh, yeah. twelve thousand even 3, Humans are meant 2, to hunt. Humans are meant to survive. Meant to 
figure we're out how to survive. We're animals, right? Yeah, we're built to survive. So you were doing something, you were introduced to something at a young age, which was completely natural. What's mm-hmm. the earliest memory you have of like that moment where it clicked? That moment, maybe you were prepared for it, but the moment where it clicked that I'm, like this is hard, but I'm okay. Uh, I'd say, so the winters, like I said, were always rough. And the only thing you could really eat in the winter were squirrels and bunnies. And I think, uh, I was pretty hungry. I'd gone two or three days and none of my snares had really hit. So I was pretty fucking hungry. (laughs) You can find ways to eat stuff in the snow, which is super advanced and super in the weeds. But, uh, basically, long story short, I'd eaten very little. And it was two or three days, and none of my snares had hit. And I had finally uh, found, uh, if you guys know, you know what a f- fisher is? No. It's oh, a fisher like a... Like a wild ferret, basically. Uh, oh, okay. No, I don't know. Yeah, so a, a fisher is like a wild ferret. It, it, exactly what it looks like. If you Google it. Just a ferret. Yeah. So I had seen one, and it was still alive. And some, I, I think I had my bow this time. So I annihilated this fisher with my bow, and I think it was, yeah, that was my first one. I was like ten years old. Um, but <laughs> so I annihilated this fisher, and I straight up just started eating this motherfucker because I was starving. Didn't raw? Didn't cook it. Yeah. Damn. Got super sick. Because I fucking, <laughs> and uh, you know there is. Were certain, you shitting or puking or shitting, shitting and puking? Shitting. Yeah. At least it passed. Well, time. and yeah, for survivalists out there, diarrhea is your number one thing you don't want. Yeah. You start losing weight and then uh, you can't, you know, survive. Dehydrated. You need need protein in your body to survive. Protein's what fuels the machine. Water's what keeps it going. But, um, yeah, so it, I'd, like, eaten little bits of it raw because I was so hungry. I was like, oh, I just got to get a little bit. And I'd start shitting just a little bit. And um, I, th- I thought I'd be fine, but I wasn't. I, it, it, honestly, it couldn't. There's a chance it wasn't even that fucking thing, but... I was shitting out there, and I was like, fuck, dude. People, like, die out here. So I think that's when it got real for me. And then when I started catching my snares, and I was like, dude, I started appreciating these bunnies. that are Like, tiny bunnies. I, I had killed a deer a couple of times on these things. And just annihilated this thing, hung it up in a tree. And I used to, yeah, it was a lot of fun, though. I love Any worries these. about bears up there? I don't know. Oh, there's tons of black bear tons of them because uh, people go up to canada all the time right an hour and a half north and they'll go on these guided hunts mm-hmm. and uh they'll go on these guided hunts they're a couple thousand dollars to hunt these bear and there are hundreds of bears up there and they you know there's bears all over the place down there yes yeah, bears so, aren't scary dude bears are not so i, I bears I, are one I, of the least scary animals yeah i grew so i grew up <clears> in the mountains of west virginia and i never i mean one time they're skittish I, man one time i saw a black bear um, I'm fine to hike anywhere in the Appalachians. Yeah, Appalachians, for y'all where I'm from. But uh, so I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine to hike anywhere in Appalachia. Yeah, knowing there's bears, knowing there's whatever, because most of it's skittish. The most, uh, the most uneasy hikes I've ever had were nighttime hikes in, uh, say like uh, northern New Mexico, southern Colorado. Because I don't want to fuck with any type of bear that's brown, and also moose, for whatever. Like yeah. moose scared the shit out of me. I saw a moose. Moose one are hyper aggressive, dude. Actually. I saw a moose on a hike one time, and those motherfuckers. I had no idea how fucking big they were. 
Like in New Mexico, you mean? No, this was in Colorado. Oh no, I had no idea how big, probably an elk. Yeah, or elk. I don't yeah. fucking know what. <laughs> there's, these, no, there's no. I don't know what there. these fucking things are. <laughs> They're huge. I have no though. idea what these. You think, from, dude, you think that elk was big? Dude, moose are insane. Those are in Alaska, right? Yeah. Well, there is some. There, there is Maine. There's some in Maine. They're all over the northwest. Yeah, but literally, not no idea the difference between elk and moose. All I know, yeah. they look the same. So these giant fucking elk. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And we in West Virginia, we used to have elk. Um, there's actually like yeah. there's places the Elk Lodge is a fucking. Yeah. Uh, it's like a fucking mint gentleman's yeah, not a gentleman's white, club place like where a, old white dudes hang yeah out. it's yeah. just be, like the elk lodge and shit yeah. they used to be native there but they killed them all yeah. but I saw it I guess an elk and I was like oh shit so moose are way bigger than elk oh dude by a factor of you know like twice as big three times as big depends they can be twice as big can they They're can they get up to like 2,000 pounds or oh yeah dude that's like oh, yeah. how big is a fucking elephant I don't know <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're not elephant status. Not as tall. But these things are walking cars. Jesus, say. fuck. Yeah, yeah, so I saw an elk, right, in Colorado, yeah. and uh, it was after, an, it was late, we had saw a cougar during that night, and I was walking with a dude from Utah, mm-hmm. and similar situation, his, I don't know if his dad was seer, he was a similar job to what we do, but, uh, it, like, he had came from a very wilderness upbringing, right? And so he's yep. guiding us through this nighttime hike. He's fucking using the stars and shit. And I yep. uh, had a little, you know, a Garmin with him. And he's like, all right, boy, yeah. we're going to camp out, blah, 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 blah. We think we see a cougar, whatever. Those things, like, we saw it in the Cougars tree. Cougars do hunt at night, usually. We, yeah, we saw this motherfucker in the tree, right? And uh, and I'd never been hiking out west. I think I was 18 at this time. I was at yeah. Holloman, dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm 18 at this time. I'd never been hiking out west. We have flashlights on us, right? Yeah, flashlights. And so he stops. Yeah. This motherfucker stops. And I'm like, oh, shit. What's this dude doing? And then he looks up, and you just see a flash of tan. Like, just tan. Maybe fur. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you see it, and then it leaps from a tree. Yeah, that's probably a lot. Like, fucking 13 to 20 feet I don't know but it was high fucking up in the tree leaps I'm sure that was and you don't hear a you don't hear a sound they're quiet you don't hear a sound when it lands or as it's running away and he's like yeah that was a mountain lion and then we continue we camp out uh, maybe like 3 or 4 a.m. we camped out and then the next morning is when we saw the elk and I was like yeah that is a big fucking creature yeah you really see the circle of life especially out west because these animals are ginormous out here you know yeah. i mean where you're from it's it's very dense population but small smaller animals live in denser populations obviously. well even in west virginia like there's no like you know 90 percent of it is uninhabited forest but there yeah. everything was killed off yeah. forever ago when coal mining trappers. and the yeah. the lumber trappers are huge in west virginia because of the lumber yeah industry. so yeah. all the the lumber and now it's it's calmed down there's not the big lumber mill but yeah like i think it was 90 percent of the virgin forest in in west virginia was eliminated right yeah um and so we don't have anything but black bears and squirrels and that was it deer yeah black bears squirrels and deer so nothing yeah. that's going to really hurt you yeah. um so yeah, man. I mean, that's ten years old. Ten years old. Ten man. years old. You're thanking your good graces because you get to kill the rabbit. Yeah. It's funny to hear because in the military, guys, um, in the military, guys that go to Sear, uh, Sear School in Washington, right? It's in Washington. Yeah, Washington State. 
So mm-hmm. in Washington State, guys go up there. It's like an honor to kill the rabbit. Yeah, it is. It's part of their tradition. Yeah, so yeah. it's an honor to kill the rabbit, hang it upside down, you whack it in the right place on the head, and yeah. it bleeds out through the nose, and, and it's yeah. like you got Easiest to kill. animal to field dress in the world, by the yeah. way. So you yeah. got to kill the rabbit, and but you were doing it. It's like when you go to seer school, inevitably, right? Yeah. When you go, uh, it's like, been doing that. Yeah, well, you know, that, that small seer course we did, that was the easiest shit in the world for me because I already knew all that stuff. Like getting out of handcuffs, knew all that. Getting out of like taped up, getting uh, uh, you know, all just all that stuff, right? Escaping. Uh, it was it was styrofoam. basic to the point that yeah, cuffs guys, and stuff like that. Guys who had neither physically, nor mentally, nor emotionally prepared for that course could pass it. Yeah, that's I mean, what that it's course. It's super was easy, to. broke yeah. down course. Like I did easier shit than that in my garage, you know, <laughs> growing yeah. up. But, yeah, that course yeah, was really yeah. geared towards you know you needed to be you needed absolutely, no yeah. no preparation whatsoever going into that. No, absolutely not. Everyone showed up there with that. Absolutely nothing. Your dad's a fucking prepper, dude. You see him, militia? You don't have to tell me if he is. Nah, nah, <laughs> <laughs> he's no, no. not the leader of a militia. No, no, he's uh, dude. My dad is a was a is a weird guy to most people. He's very quiet. He does. You know, public office. He's a town's. One of the, what's the town's city uh, council? Yes, yeah, stuff like that. Like he does that, and he's uber uber conservative. So we, yeah, nice. I'm a huge libertarian personally. Nice. So I'm a giant libertarian. Uh, growing up, my dad leans a little more libertarian, but it's just Fox News twenty four seven for my dad. He's nice. Huge. So he does. He's big into politics, and he's big into. Uh, like me personally, like preserving your way of life. That's huge to me. And my dad that matters, is, you know. Absolutely. I say for every Absolutely. Every, I think that's one of the most important things that I personally would serve for. Yeah, so my my vision towards or my opinion of politics is tend only to the garden in which you can keep, right? Mm-hmm. Or which you can reach. So if you're consuming five or ten minutes of Fox News or CNN a day, right? Yeah. Pick, pick your poison. Yeah. Or MSNBC, God forbid. Don't fucking watch MSNBC. Dude, if you watch MSNBC, kill yourself. Cunts. Yeah. I'll use the big C word on yeah. them. Even CNN. Yeah. Absolutely. Like CNN. Well, what's crazy is growing up, West Virginia is a blue state, yeah. right? They're yeah, traditional. They're traditional Democrats. All the so, all the unions, man. Yeah. So traditional Democrats. So I grew up a lifelong liberal, like. Yeah. Um, so growing into what I see now of the yeah. liberal landscape, it used to be liberals were for, you know, smoking pot and they were cool with guns. And like, so the liberal that I know in West Virginia yeah. is, which is now a libertarian. Yeah. It's now, it's evolved into libertarian. So West Virginia liberal was, uh, I don't care like what you take home at night. I've taken some nasty shit home. Right. Yeah. I don't care, uh, what guns you carry. We all need to protect ourselves. I don't yeah. care what you smoke because can you Literally do, your, libertarian can you do your fucking job, yeah. right? Like, and do you work and you're, are you capable to work and you work or, you know, as long as you're not yeah. fucking lazy, stupid or ignorant, yeah. you're fine, right? Yeah. So growing up and identifying in West Virginia as like a liberal dude and then I leave and then I see what CNN has become yeah. and like all these different outlets have become. It's That's like, true. what yeah. are you, you guys are. Hey man, this is 1937 Germany. That's yeah. what you guys are doing. They're fucking. It's becoming more and more Nazi. 
And when, Absolutely. Yeah. Like when Fox News becomes the voice of reason, which they have. They have. For the most part. They've become the voice for of reason. For the most part. They have Bernie Sanders on for a town hall. Would, like... I can't even hear his name without wanting to <laughs> kill someone, but yeah. You know he had a... Uh, Socialism is the, like, literally the you know, fiber of my being. I hate every aspect of socialism well it, growing I mean, up in that survivalist thing it's like yeah you know what are you supposed mine to do mine. what are you supposed yeah. to do you're gonna you're gonna snare that rabbit kill it and then you gotta piece it out i'm gonna piece it out to everyone amongst, you know there's Fuck seven no. there's seven men one's gonna snare the rabbit yeah. right and now i gotta give it to six weak men yeah what no like, <laughs> absolutely not and yeah, yeah i think it does have a lot to do with that you're right i you know you usually don't think of that but it absolutely comes from a survivalist mindset there's a podcast that I listen to called Blackout. It has Rami Malik in it. And okay. it talks about, it actually is in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a fallout, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, season one talks about a bunch of random shit, but the gist of it is the grid is down. No energy, no FEMA, no National Guard, no anything. The yeah. grid is down. No cell, cell reception, nothing. Yeah. They have FM radio and that's it. And then it talks about how much... Sorry, dude. Um, but it talks about how um, quickly we devolve when food and water become a concern, and how quickly that if you don't if you don't educate everyone on how to like you you teach a man how to fish, uh, he eats for life. You give yeah. a man a fish, he only eats for a day, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. If we're if you are snaring the rabbit and giving piecing it out, then that man never learns that. Once you're gone, you're gone. Yeah. Or or you have all the power. Yeah, and, exactly. Oh, okay, well, to have the leg of the rabbit, you give me your wife, just for the day. Yeah. And then your children eat, right? Yeah, yeah And exactly. that... I, and that's the stuff I love. I love that alpha male stuff. There's always... So, what what socialism... Uh, sorry for the listeners to get uh, too political, but this is... This is Cucks. The that's what socialism... Well, what socialism forgets, right? Because you have a bunch of blue-haired Brendas out there. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of fucking idiots that are just yeah. weak-bodied, weak-minded, weak-willed, yeah. and they forget something. Yeah. They forget that forever and ever, and until the end of time, yeah. we will rise to the top. Absolutely. And, and what yeah. what what men like you and I, like the cream of the crop will yeah. always rise to the top. Now, their very future of their entire lineage of the history of their genome mm-hmm. resides solely on how kind... Being dependent on others. On how kind yeah. we wish to be. And stuff like that. Because, yeah. you know, yes. Okay, cool. For three weeks straight, I'll give you piecemeal, give you piecemeal, yeah. give you piecemeal. And now I want something. It, it, it's exactly like you're talking about. Um, being kind to others. And I know you're a big Jordan Peterson fan, so am I. Yes. Humans aren't inherently nice. I'm going to say it twice for you people that are listening. <laughs> Humans aren't inherently nice. You shouldn't have to be. Why do you have to be nice? There's no reason you have to be nice. You don't. Nice is what has gotten us to the point where... So there's a great quote. Uh, I forget who said it. I think it's Thucydides, uh, a Greek philosopher, if I may be mistaken. But... Uh, and he may be miscredited with this quote. I think mm-hmm. I've heard it a time or two. But a country that has its fighting done by fools and its thinking done by cowards is yeah. doomed to fail. And yeah. so what we're seeing is a rich coward out of New Hampshire who is doing the thinking. And yeah. and he's inspiring fools to do fighting, right? Yeah. And that's the way we're going. And more guys are going away from, you know... Oh, the military's terrible, and they kill people, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, come on, you guys don't understand that 
that there's yeah. a difference in quality of life, a difference in thinking, a difference in the val- yeah. the value of life in America compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. It's so high above any other that Absolutely. even above the UK, even above Australia, the value of life. Yeah, one you can't life. even have a fucking butter knife in the UK anymore, dude. Yeah, that's the craziest shit. Isn't that some crazy shit? That's and and we said like it was said um, that you know once they ban this and that, then yeah. oh they're banning knives on a subway and then in squares and then on bridges yeah. and now it's yeah. if you have anything a fucking spoon. You want to talk about open. bold predictions? Bold predictions. Fifty years, the UK will be the new Nazi Germany. You think so? That's a- absolutely. What do you? How, how is every single evil regime started? It's always a swing, right? It comes from hard left to the UK. It's hard left, right? Mm-hmm. You ban butter knives. It's gonna swing back eventually. It's always gonna swing back, just like Nazi Germany. It was soft, calm. Everyone was easy, right? People start getting sick of it. They start getting their money taken. They start getting taxed. And a guy like Adolf comes in, a beautiful painter from Austria, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude with a nice mustache, slick back Charismatic. hair. And he says, you know what? You fucking deserve your money. You get what you fucking deserve. Why are you letting people fucking take your shit that aren't as good as you? Yeah. People start listening. They're like, oh, you know what? This guy's right. Why can't I have a steak knife in my fucking house? Why can't I have a fucking pistol? And then this pendulum starts swinging back. People start listening. And that's when everything goes fucking off the rails. And next thing you know, the Polish baker is killing pregnant women in the street. Exactly. And we say, we well, uh, so if you don't believe it, that the pendulum swings. So Jordan Peterson, he talks about uh, intersectional, uh, intersectional victimhood, I think is what yeah. it's called. Uh but basically, by any dimension, if you find yourself a victim, mm-hmm. right, in any metric, any measurable metric, if you find yourself a victim of society, you will inevitably be found the oppressor in society. Yeah. So, for example, I come from poverty, yeah. right? So I could find myself as a victim, right? As a victim. I am a victim yeah. of this blah, 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 oppression, yada, yada, yada. It forced yeah. my mother to have me a 14, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Let's not blame, you know, certain decisions. Let's not blame necessity. Let's not blame yeah. this side or the other. But I'm going to blame other people for that. Then at some point, someone's going to say, as a cisgendered white male, you know nothing about poverty because you can't know poverty. Yeah. Is that? So there's, the it, like you said, the pendulum swings. We're seeing it with things like, and you see it in ways... Yeah. Like say, swinging left now in yeah. the U.S., but it yeah. never used to be that way. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so you see <clears throat> like things like Charlottesville. You see things yep. like uh, mass shootings. You see things like you know young men that are um, you know maybe of a certain type that are going out and they're doing things because they're like, oh, okay, well you think I'm a monster? I'll show you a monster. Yeah, like it's true. A good man is not someone who's capable of no evil. A good man is someone who is capable of great evil and yet is kind. Kind, yeah. Yeah, and so yeah. we're we're seeing an oppression of that, like yeah. the toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity, dude. Like That's how do, you the killed, war on you toxic killed masculinity. rabbits. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? Jesus Christ, dude! That how fucking stuff privilege like that, do you have to be? Stuff like that is just the stuff that really fucking grinds my gears. Like just stuff like that. That's what, and that's what I mean when I say socialism as a whole is just because it, it comes along with its little gotchas like your non-vax people, your 
and to an extent, I, I agree that you should be able to decide whatever happens to your child, but it's just like idiotic and to a point. It's just like socialism is just, yeah, but basically that's my, that's my, well, it always comes with the power. Somebody, yeah. when we say that, you know, we're all equal and everybody gets a cut and there is no power to be had. There's always someone who carries a power, and there will always be a man. Yeah, even in communist Russia, you can. There's power. People don't. People think it's just no power. Absolutely not. It's worse in there because you're born into it. Yeah. And when you're born into power, is when you start making terrible decisions. Yeah, because it's what you always want. Look at the French. France is going for the longest time, and then they finally fucking started getting stuff figured out, right? Like after Vietnam, right? Mm-hmm. And now they're going here. Yeah, back yeah, down yeah. Here, Now they're man. going back down into it. It's it's a dangerous idea because what people forget the blue haired Brendas, that's what I like to call yeah. them. So no one actually hates undocumented immigrants. No one actually no yeah. one actually hates them, especially not people who aren't on the border. No yeah. one actually hates them. What they hate is the guy that's on Fifth Ave that's going to his banking job, right? Yeah. He he's walking down Fifth <sighs> Ave and all he wants to do is go to work. So maybe he makes a six or seven figure Mm-hmm. Uh, salary a year, right? Maybe he does, but that's his bro. He has a family to feed. He has a life to build. Yeah. He has children to send to college. Maybe, maybe he's part of some sort of oppressive system because you're stupid and he's not, right? Yeah. Maybe, right? But he's just walking to work, and all yeah. of a sudden, a 35 year old fat bitch named Brenda, yeah. right, it, with blue hair, yeah. is yelling in his face, and she's a fat white woman, and yeah. she's yelling in his face, saying, "You, you're the problem, and you yeah. hate immigrants." And yeah. he's like, "I don't even know anybody. No, yeah. I don't hate immigrants. What the yeah. fuck is wrong with you?" But in his brain, yeah, when he thinks of immigrants, he thinks of Brenda. Yeah. And Brenda yelled in his face, and she stopped him from getting his coffee and getting yeah, his bacon, exactly. which made him do terrible in his presentation, which yeah. lost him a pay raise, right? Yeah. And so, like, these fucking social justice warriors, they're ruining the play. Like, they're ruining they, they, the advancement of other people because they're yeah. like, I'll defend you. And it's like, bitch, nobody needs it's defending because they're class- better people yeah. than you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's a classic scenario of, well, I'm down and out, so I'm going to bring you with me. Right? I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to drag you down with me. If I can't succeed, if I can't, oh, because I went to college and got $600,000 in debt because I wanted an art history major and I am not succeeding in life, I'm going to bring you down with me. Right? I'm going to bring you down with me it's because the, it's the I'm not succeeding. This rich, normal, straight white guy can't succeed. Why can he succeed when I can't? Yeah. And it's just maybe that guy went to school and got an MBA. And maybe he gets up every morning and gets after it. He's working hard. You ever think that? Like, maybe this guy is just doing what he's supposed to do. He wakes up. He goes for a run because yeah. it takes 15 minutes. Yeah. 15 minutes of your goddamn day to just go on a jog. Or maybe, maybe he doesn't work out in the morning. Maybe he wakes up and he cracks two eggs and eats a banana. And yeah. then he goes, and for lunch, he eats a, a salad and a, a yeah. pound of chicken. And he gets after it. Yeah. And then he goes back to work, and he he works on his his presentations. He's he not a lazy piece people. of shit, and he does what he's supposed to. And lifts for 45 yeah. minutes after work. Because it's 45 minutes. And he goes yeah. to bed at 9, right? Yeah. And then he makes six figures. Because that's yeah. all it takes. That's all it takes. That's why I'm... I'm In this so, day and age, all it does. That's it. You go a little above and beyond. That's it. Not even all the time. Just no. Even once a week. Hell, you do it once a week. You might be a CEO. Yeah. You walk into a room and you're a fit dude. 
yeah you're a fit dude or a fit chick and you're squared away like you can have a beer as long as yeah. it's Take ten minutes. Yeah. Trim your fucking beard. You can. You might even be able to have tattoos. Yeah, you can fucking have tattoos, man. <laughs> Going like, from two guys who got a shit ton of tattoos. Yeah, man. They do pretty well for themselves. Exactly, right? man. You just walk in and like, first box is if you are stupid, if you are uh, just incapable of grasping th- certain things, wake up in the morning, go for a fifteen minute jog. Uh, at first, get all that stupid out of you. Run yeah. all that stupid out of you. And at first. Maybe you're only going to get a mile in, and then you're yeah. going to get a mile and .25 in. And then by the end of it, if you just do that for six months, then in 15 minutes, you're going to run two you might miles. might run 2.5 miles yeah, if you're, you're fast. fast. Yeah, if you're fast. Yeah. And after six months of running every day for 15 minutes in the yeah. morning, then guess what? You're going to hop in your shower. You're going to rinse off just the same. Yeah. Like, people, like, and to demonize individuals for taking 15, 20, 45 minutes of their day and yeah. maybe working out, maybe reading, maybe developing yeah. a personality, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's not given. We don't have a birthright to success. Yeah. We have to earn it. And the guys that, like, the thing that bugs me is, like, when we base it on physical characteristics. So I love mm-hmm. Martin Luther King, and he says, yeah. judge not a man by the, the color of his skin, but the content of his character. Yeah. And today, we're getting into a weird situation where one side is judging people yeah. based on their skin, and the other side's doing the same exact thing. And it's like, yeah. all of us in the middle are like, hey, hey, I I don't want to be like this. I don't, like, let's just judge yeah. each other by how we are. Like, are yeah. you kind? Are you uh, advancing yourself and others? Like, you know, even if you have a little bit of ignorance, like we can fix yeah. that as long as you're it's not even a bad thing. So that's, uh, that was the point that I wanted to get to is ignorance, right? So failure is not a bad thing. And it seems like everyone's afraid of failure these days. And it's just like, to me personally, failure is not, it, it's the people that succeed that fail the most. I feel like, and the, and because they bounce back from it. Bouncing back from failure is what shows character. Yeah. And it's what shows grit. Every time you lose something, good. Good, Jocko. Jocko. Shout good. out to Jocko. That's one of my favorite <laughs> things. You lose something, good. Yeah. You didn't get that award, good. I'm working harder. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't win, get first place in that race, good. I'm training twice as hard now. Yeah. Man. Everything like that is just, that's the people, weak minded people are always going to. You can get a hundred people every generation. Doesn't matter. Every time there's going to be weak-minded people, and like people like to say, the greatest generation. You get a hundred people, eighty of them are probably going to be weak. Yeah. Every time, you know, and you get today's generation, maybe a little more, maybe, but that that just might be personal bias. Eighty of them are going to be weak every time. It doesn't matter. It's hardwired in your in your DNA. Eighty are unless you be work weak. it out. Eighty are going to be weak. Yeah, ten don't even belong there. Yeah, and then ten are maybe it's probably fifteen don't even belong there. Yeah, right. And then five are born to do it. Yeah, and it absolutely. Yeah, man. Like, it's just it, it, it's that thing when you fail, how are you gonna react? Bro? We we live in a society where everyone like, gets a participation trophy, man. That is sick because yeah. you you remember field days and everybody be like the yeah. blue, the white, the red ribbons and then yep. there was the purple participation ribbons I think yeah. is what the colors were yeah that's sick dude yeah. that is that is terrible not sick in the sense of like that is feeding sick, into it's okay it, it's okay to just quit yeah it's that's exactly what it is it's rewarding mediocrity right yeah 
And we live in a society. Here's the thing that I, the problem that I have with this cancel culture, that yeah. just because maybe you're from, maybe you're from, like the smallest town in, uh, I don't know. Let me throw out a state. Maybe you're from the smallest town in Oklahoma, right? Two hundred people. You've yeah. never seen a person who isn't white, and you've never seen a person who isn't X, Y, or Z, right? Yeah. And then you say something ignorant. We yeah. can't cancel you because of that. It's our duty. Yeah. We live in a country where you can literally, right now, right? You can gl- grab my Glock right up there, yeah. and you can blow my fucking head off. Yeah. And 30 years from now, we will accept you back in a society as a reformed man. Yeah. So to take to take that same society and say, yeah. that dude from small town uh, Oklahoma who has never met a person who isn't one from America, yeah. two from Oklahoma, or three not X, Y, or Z race, right? Yeah. And to say that because he says something stupid about, you know, yeah. X, Y, or Z race for, or country, right? Because yeah. he says something stupid about immigrants, he is now X'd out. He's canceled for life. Yeah. Like, that dude is the scum of the scum. He deserves to die. That's yeah. Nazi. That's Nazi. That's yeah, literally... That's, a, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> like, exactly what That's it like is. Hitler that's saying, you know, well, the Jews, this, that, and the other, so kill, yeah. kill six million of them. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. We don't live in that country. Yeah. We don't live in the country that writes you off because you yeah. say something stupid. You can murder me, and you're yeah. fine. 30 yeah. years from now, we'll accept you. But yeah. the fact that we're doxing people and fucking cancel culture, yeah. eliminating people from the social existence. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's sick. When we can really, all we have to do is say... And say, hey man, like it's fine that you think that, but you know, meet my wife who's uh, Hispanic, and like, yeah, you, you don't even have to say that. Meet my wife; she's very visibly Hispanic. Yeah, right? meet my wife. Like, you know, meet my family. See these customs, cultures. Like, I myself has have been subject to just ignorant things. Like, like yeah. I have thought ignorant things in the past. Nothing terrible, but things where I was like, yeah, if I ever have a uh, a daughter with a, a Latina woman, she won't have a quinceanera because preservation of culture is paramount. Well, yeah. What I wasn't considering when I was 15 years old was that culture goes two ways. There's multiple cultures. Yeah. And you can have a quinceanera and you can have, um, you know, Sunday cookouts too. Yeah. So Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So let's just have a fucking quinceanera because that Latina woman brings me such joy. So like... Yeah thinking about where we are today and where we need to be like it's it's one of those things where it's like it's always going to be like that though so a, a crazy thing that i had looked up that blows my mind every time is um soldiers from world war one had trained the, the trainees right and that were going through basic training in world war Two. what they had written about them was undisciplined failure of motivation cannot find direction and uh one other thing something ridiculous and basically they there's complete opposite obviously right they're the greatest generation greatest generation yeah and they're the complete and so it's just like every time there's going to be something else and it, it seems like it's getting more ridiculous but who knows maybe it's not Jocko talks about that like yeah do you know uh who was it ah, fuck Hal, Hal something. Yeah, it's something with an S, right? His last name, so yeah, maybe. He was Vietnam. Um, anyway, he took yeah. a bunch of hippies, right? A bunch of 
yeah. drafted guys that didn't even want to go to this country and fight the Vietnam War. Yeah. And he took them and he inspired them to fight that war. He inspired them to lead. He yeah. inspired them to carry on for one another. And when we when we talk about leadership, when we talk and leadership matters in every day. Like it's not just isolated to the military. It's not isolated yeah. to business structure. It, I, I would say it's almost not isolated to the military. It's almost it's more. 99% of people aren't in the military. Yeah, it's you think these people are just being, uh, we're all peers? Like, absolutely not. Yeah. It's especially present in business. Yeah, leadership is universal. Yeah. Um, like, my wife, sometimes she leads me. Yeah. And sometimes I lead her. Yeah. My son, who is a year and a half, yeah. sometimes he leads me because yeah. I say, what is best for him? And yeah. and through doing what's best for him, he's you know there's it is a constant in every interaction you have. You're being led or you're following, and yeah. you can be led by someone and still be followed in the same interaction. It's yeah. just at certain points there's highs and lows, and like that's a weird disconnection that we yeah. have. Hold on, the uh, hey guys, our uh, app is giving us some trouble. Uh, it limits us to one hour. Uh, per recording by ourselves. It doesn't recognize that we're recording with two people. So we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back with part two of uh, Two Guys, One Closet. Two Guys, One Closet, Volume 3. We're going to jump into a couple things. We're going to continue to talk about leadership. We'll try to get less political, but maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Um, We're going to talk about growing up up in uh, Wisconsin for a world-traveled young man, uh, hitting deer with doors, a uh, couple <laughs> yeah. of legal activities, yeah. and really we're just going to go balls deep in uh, whatever we can. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Enjoy the uh, the transition music, which is called West off of uh, Anchor.com so, or Anchor.fm. So we'll be right back, guys. Thanks. Hey guys, and welcome back to Overtly Casual, Two Guys, One Closet, Volume 3. This is Part 2. Uh, we're back. We are reloaded with some beers. Uh, we took a piss break, yeah. which is great, because that was tough. Yeah, that was a tough piss, last, dude. That was like a Russian racehorse <laughs> pushing that. The last 20 minutes yeah. of, of that one. But, um, yeah, we, we were just talking offline about like uh, the, the previous conversation and where it went. And we we spoke about how important it was that no matter what where we went with it, whether it was you know left or right, the overarching the overarching end goal for every conversation is just be kind. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Treat yeah. everyone as if they are gonna knock you the fuck out if you speak wrong. To them. Yeah. If exactly, you're a dick yeah. to them, right? Yeah. So um, to the Okash mob. That's what I call my Okay, yeah. It's the Okash mob. Okash mob. Um, Always just recognize that it's important to uh, just be kind. And no matter if you're left, no matter if you're right, uh, just be kind. So uh, without further ado, we're going to get get back into it. Let's get some hood rat stories, huh? Yeah, let's let's get into some some of the fun stuff, right? Send it. What you got? Uh, cool. Uh, I got Jesus, dude. I guess what do you want to know about? I get so the big one that I think really tripped your interest was deer banging, right? Deer banging. That's the one. Deer banging. <laughs> now, deer banging to you folks probably sounds a little like you're weird. fucking a deer. Like you're fucking a deer. Yeah. Which in a roundabout way. No, nah, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Now, so Deer Banging was a game created by my father and his friends in high school. There was a road out in Wisconsin called County Road N, and it whipped around, and there's a certain point of the road where the ditches were probably 10 feet deep, and they were steep as fuck. <laughs> so, uh, deer banging is you get someone with the shittiest car, usually has metal doors. That's a big <laughs> bonus. Whoever has metal doors, and you, you have to drink six beers before you go. And this is so stupid, because the driver also has to drink six beers, and we were fucking 15, 16 years old. T-t-t-tank. We, we used to fucking uh, steal like our older brother's cars. Well, my friends, because I didn't have any older brothers. We used to steal their fucking cars and go deer banging and fuck up their shit. But anyways, so we'd go out to County Road End and there's this long stretch, probably four or five miles. And these deer like to hang out because the farmers will drive down this road and they'll leave corn on the road. But these ditches are so deep that if you're driving a car, these deer will run, but they'll run along the ditch because they don't want to jump. Because they know they'll break their fucking legs if they jump out in the ditch, right? So deer banging, if, you, if, you were, <laughs> if you're sitting shotgun or back left seat, you, you were fair game in a way. It was almost like mailbox baseball, except these deer would be running along the side of the road and you'd go get up to speed with them. And then you would whip your car door out and fucking annihilate these deer, and they start fucking tumbling <laughs> down the ditch. And uh, uh, eventually, it led to the point where a couple deer had died and <laughs> launched an investigation <laughs> by the DNR for poaching deer. We probably killed five deer. Because they snapped their necks rolling God down the ditch. <laughs> so, we actually did get pulled over one time. This is how we were respectful that the DNR launched an investigation. Was because we got pulled over and we were in my buddy's old... So, my buddy's dad in 1978 or something like that. Not a huge car guy. So, don't crucify me if this is wrong. I don't know shit about cars. But it was a fucking bomb green Nova. And it still fucking ran. So it was 70 cars, you know, they all have fucking metal, big metal doors. And oh, we'd yeah. take that fucking piss rocket out and we'd run down <laughs> the county road end. And we would fucking annihilate these deer with this fucking... Uh, and it's crazy because there's a shit ton of deer in northern Wisconsin. So we'd hit 10, 15 deer a night. God damn it. <laughs> Only five died? I'm, I'm unimpressed. Yeah, I know, dude. These fuckers are good at rolling, dude. They duck their neck and roll. But, um, so we would, you know, go out and just do hood rat shit and do that. And a lot of the times, uh, we wouldn't get caught. And so what we do is drink beers, throw the empties on the floor, and these old bomb green Noah. That, so this thing was such a piece of shit. That the cops had pulled us over one time, and they and the cop pulled up, and we had beer cans littered all over this motherfucker, right? And we were like, "Fuck!" And we were probably <laughs> sixteen, I think we were sixteen or seventeen, and it was me and uh, uh, three of my buddies, and we got pulled over. We had probably, you know, for us that was a shit ton of beer. We drank like five beers, six, seven beers. Um, so we, what we had done is the car was so shitty that the carpet would lift up 
<laughs> so we lifted up the carpet and put it over these cans and we held our legs up in the air so <laughs> they wouldn't cringle under your feet and this cop pulls up and he's like uh, what are you boys doing out here you're driving pretty fast on uh, this road and we were like uh, you know just out cruising uh, <laughs> he goes well you know there's I hear there's a couple people poaching deer out here so and we were like really <laughs> you know? damn don't yeah, know about that yeah I don't know anything about that uh you know, fucking Grizzly Adams did have a beard, you know what I mean? And uh, eventually it got to the point where he was like, all right, boys, why don't you... So the driver, who was their quarterback in football, and he's like, oh, why don't you step out the car? And, we'll, you know, and it, he... And so we only had one, and like I said earlier in the podcast, I grew up in a town of 1,100 people, not even 11, 1083 to be exact. There we go. Yeah. Minus Billy, he died last year. <laughs> but, uh, no, so it was 1083, and so it was super small. So we only had one cop that was a town cop. Everything else was through the county or the state. Oh. This guy was the town cop. And he, goes, and he goes, fucking, Jared, I need you to step out the car. And he's like, all right, well, you know, I'll step out the car. And uh, he goes, now, I'm going to call your dad. I know what you boys are doing out here. <laughs> And we said, what was that? And he goes, you were playing fucking mailbox baseball. <laughs> and he goes, uh, yeah, we only hit one. And he's like, all right, well, I'd kill, if I catch you fuckers out here again, I'm going to bust your ass. So we had managed to fucking get out of that one for mailbox baseball without even a citation. <laughs> but DNR will fuck you up. Oh, dude, they will DNR, fuck your life up, dude. For you guys that don't know what DNR is, it's the Department of Natural Resources. Oh, yeah. And they will fuck Fuck your life up, dude. Yeah, wait. You want a city cop, town cop, whatever you got. If you got Barney Fife, you want him to get you before DNR mm-hmm. gets you, because mm-hmm. they'll fuck you up. But, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that's deer banging, and we used to do it all the time. It was a good time. Um, I wish we had ditches in West Virginia, because <laughs> yeah, I'd go deer banging. Yeah, <laughs> deer banging in West Virginia. Deer banging takes on a whole new meaning. Oh, yeah. Fucking a deer is what it is. The, you know, the best part of West Virginia is you get 32 people in a bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, you get a whole fucking mouth. <laughs> God damn it. You know, uh. <laughs> you know how I know the the toothbrush wasn't a. Or the toothbrush was invented in West Virginia? Oh. Because if it was invented anywhere else, it'd be called a teeth brush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, we, uh, so we used to have this battle wagon, right? And I was kind of telling you about it earlier. But, uh, basically, this battle wagon, so a neighbor of mine who's, uh, had a kid who went to high school with my dad, and they were best friends. Uh, so he had a bunch of old fucking Volkswagens that he used to keep out in his woods, probably... He would stack these fuckers. I'm not even joking. He probably had 30 of these fuckers. And what we would do is one time we went out there, I think we were freshmen, maybe in eighth eighth grade, and we would ride our bikes out there like a bunch of fucking hoodlum model <laughs> kids. And we, we'd come out there, and one of my buddies was mechanically inclined, right? And we knew the guy pretty well, and he that was his only kid, and he was divorced. So he's like... Naturally. Yeah, he's like, hey, if you boys, you know, you want to take one and fix it up and do whatever you want to it it's yours so this had to have been eighth grade yeah 
So we all all summer we worked on this fucking piss rocket, <laughs> and this thing was a piece of shit. Naturally. So what we had done is because my friends were all fucking hillbillies. Yeah. They painted the thing orange. They put a rebel flag on top of it. <laughs> That they fucking kept together with uh, those bungee straps. Yeah. Yeah, the, the holes in the flag, they, that's what they tied it down. Oh, it wasn't roof. painted. It was... No, it was fucking on top of the motherfucker. <laughs> it's a fucking flag. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and we called it the, the Volkswagen Lee, and it was <laughs> just a battle wagon, man. And we would drive around on that fucker all around town without driver's license. <laughs> because what we'd do is we'd have CB radios in my town. Everyone had CB radios yeah. growing up. And we, they would tell you where the cop was because we, like, we only had one cop. <laughs> they'd tell you where he was, and as soon as he's on the you know west side of town, we fucking haul ass out of there. And what we do is we would take it to guys. Uh, you ever seen those uh, those piles of hay and stuff that they um, you know silo and stuff like that? And mm-hmm. they put it under the, that matting mm-hmm. with the tires. Yep. So we would go out to guys' farms <laughs> and jump it off these motherfuckers. <laughs> Like fucking idiots. That's this why this battle wagon. <laughs> if this shit would have flipped, this is literally basically sheet metal. I want to remind you, it's <laughs> seventy-eight. It's holding us in, and we would drive over these motherfuckers, <laughs> and these farmers would be pissed <laughs> because we it, it fucked it up. And so we had done shit them like that. Hazard boys. Yeah, <laughs> the goddamn Duke boys at it again. <laughs> but uh, so it, it was all good until it really went wrong one time. <laughs> So, my buddy Andrew's driving the car, and we got this kid, hilarious nickname, by the way, is D-Beck. He's this fat kid in from our school. He's a D-Beck is what we called him, because he's probably, this kid was 16 years old, probably about 300 pounds. There we go. He's a farm boy who's had a shit ton of strength, but he's 300 pounds. He had psoriasis all over, dude. So, we, we used yeah. to, yeah, so we used to call him the Psoriasaurus Rex, <laughs> until... He got older, and his mom wanted to get him tested for diabetes. So diabetic, me and my one friend, Zach, had made up the friend the phrase D-back instead of diabetic. <laughs> I'm not even joking you. It stuck so well that our teachers in high school used to call him D-back. D-back. Not even fucking around with him. <laughs> it's, he still gets called D-back to this day. God damn. Which is fucked up, but and this kid had this Did amazing. he have diabetes? No, no, he didn't have diabetes. Just kid. severe psoriasis. Yeah, well, this kid was a piece of shit. Didn't put lotion on it or anything. He's just a fucking <laughs> weird kid. But so, yeah, it's Andrew, D-Beck, me, and another guy named Ben. We're driving around in the battle wagon, and uh, I'm not, I, I, I couldn't even make this shit up. This dude drives into a side of the farmer's barn <laughs> and fucks it up. But, what and, if there's a tractor in there? Did you guys check it before? <laughs> no, we had no clue who this dude was. <laughs> well, we I mean, in my town, you have an idea who everyone is. We knew who lived there, but we didn't really talk to him. Yeah, you don't know if there's a fucking... Drove into the side... Yeah, the dude drove in the side of this fucker's barn. And shit went sideways, dude. I'm not even joking. We were fucked. Because this guy came out pissed <laughs> and we always used to make the joke that these farmers had these dogs like you just seen stand by me yeah yeah we had the like, copper they just got sick balls <laughs> yeah and this no dude like a fucking it was like an omen dude this dog came out from the house just like a bullet out of a gun <laughs> and this fucker came out it started just annihilating my friend's arm <laughs> 
<laughs> we're in the barn, right? And we weren't going to drive away because that was a real piece of shit move. <laughs> Your in-game Yeah. Let's drive through this man's barn. No, that's not what we wanted to do. So what we had done is we wanted to take it and go around this guy's fence because he had this sick ditch that we wanted to take off a jump. <laughs> we fucking my friend was, I'm pretty sure I can't remember or not but I'm pretty sure he's drunk <laughs> it just smokes the side of this guy's bar <laughs> not very bad like he fucked it up a little bit but so this dog is annihilating his arm <laughs> and he's like uh, and the farmer comes out fucking pissed dude and he's like what the fuck are you kids doing blah 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 dude <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even joking. He called my dad, and I got the shit beat out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and he it was like, fuck, and I had to go back, and we had to fix this dude. It, luckily, it was just, it was a wooden barn, so yeah. he put two by fours. Cosmetics, kind of really. Yeah. yeah. But he was fucking pissed, dude. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the general Lee was a lot of fun. I don't know where that barn came from. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, dude, where the fuck did that thing come from? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that? <laughs> dude, oh, it was... Man. Oh, man, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> we, 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 Dude, it was... Uh, generally, we had a lot of good memories, and we take it to uh, my great-grandma's house, because that's a lot of the times where I went. And she had a barn with a line of silos, and we would do slaloms course through this thing. <laughs> <laughs> we would just, you know, back and forth, and this thing was a piece of shit. Right, so half the time. Did it even have power steering? No. Oh, dude, I'm not even joking. You whipping this thing fucking five times to get it to go half left. <laughs> that's where the barn. Yeah, that's where the barn came. Probably, from. <laughs> honestly, and uh, I don't know if he was drunk or not. I, I feel like, dude, cause that barn wasn't anywhere close to where we had planned to go. <laughs> <laughs> but barns are big, bro. Dude, I'm telling you, dude. Well, the best time to do it was in the spring when all the snow drifts were still around because we just blow through these snow drifts in people's yards and tear up their fucking lawn <laughs> and they would be pissed. But yeah, those are those are good times. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was a good time. Fuck. That same kid eventually cut his finger off in a wood shot. <laughs> so uh, I came up and uh, I had I, I, in, in a roundabout way might have cut his finger off <laughs> because what i had done is i got deep shit that day because out our wood shop all the machineries at the bottom there's a loft where we kept all the wood in mm -hmm. but it was open so i had this little piece of wood that was probably two inches by two inches and i was like jokingly i was like watch this into a running fucking table saw <laughs> went basketball shot it and it nailed the saw <laughs> what are the fucking odds that it nails the saw for fucking, I don't even know how far. Instantly, like, a not, it's like a bomb going off. It just went, boom! And this piece of wood fucking blows up. Yeah. And then uh, through all the distraction, it, it's not like the explosion made him do it. I think turning around, at, like, watching me get hauled out of the wood shop by my woods teacher, by my fucking collar... I think he turned and went into the bandsaw and cut his pointer oh. finger completely off. That's <laughs> uh, your fault, man. Yeah. That's 100% your fault. I mean, dude, it wasn't like the explosion <laughs> made him do it, but dude, it was fucking hilarious. Oh, god damn. Yeah, he, he's lost 
pretty much down his whole fingernail on the oh, <laughs> pointer <God>. finger. <laughs> it was just fucking hilarious. Fuck. Yeah. But yeah, oh. just hood rat shit. Man, small town USA is fucking. This is the best way to grow up. I really believe that. It really is, man. Yeah. Teaches you how yeah. to fucking throw two mm-hmm. by twos into a goddamn table saw. And exactly, dude. And just about cut your buddy's finger off. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I still to this day will never admit that it was my fault. But you just did. Yeah. In a roundabout way, man. Yeah. <laughs> The good thing is, yeah, so we used to get in a ton of trouble doing that. And then our hazing was really, we got in trouble for hazing a lot at my high school. We were a big hazing school. We played a game that no one ever heard of before, and I thought was a common thing. It was just 10 cereals. No idea what it is. All right, so 10 cereals is what we do is all the freshmen would carry all the football shit out before the upperclassmen. We called sophomores upperclassmen because we got, what, fucking... 200 people in our high school, right? Yeah. So, the freshmen would bring all the, you know, tackling dummies, all the shit out there, and their job was to bring all that shit out there before practice. And what we do is play this game called 10 Serials, where uh, there was a pretty far fence. It was about 50 yards from the actual practice field that we played on, where they, the freshmen would bring all the shit. And the freshmen would sit there and wait for us to come out. And as soon as we hit that fence line, it was fair game. And usually we sprint. And a couple guys, you point out a name. So a big kid that we got all the time is Ross Taylor. <laughs> Ross Taylor, hope you're fucking listening to this. He's working at a farm in fucking northern Wisconsin right now. boy. But this kid was a trooper, dude. And we would get him all the time. He's a little cocksucker. He like to run his mouth. <laughs> but so he... Uh, we, we were running out, and we came to the fence, and we started sprinting after, and we, you call the person's name who you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, Ross Taylor, you have two seconds. And then you just start booking it after him. And this goes a little fat kid. He worked, you know, he came from a farm, and, you know. So 10 cereals is basically you get the guy, you hold him down. Four people usually is what you need. And you, each one grabs an appendage. So you grab an ankle, one person grabs an ankle, one person grabs a wrist, one person grabs a wrist. And then the fifth person ball taps him until you can name different, 10 different brands of cereals. <laughs> so, like, Lucky Charms, uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, fuck it, Raisin Bran, <laughs> Wheaties. <laughs> yeah, and you just keep going. And you keep, you're getting Dude, you ain't even a nut tap me, and I'm not going to be able to name 10 cereals. Yeah, and that, that was the hardest part. Is yeah. You get so distracted by the pain, you can't name 10 cereals. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun one. No, I've never heard of that, dude. Yeah. Y'all are fucking fraternity. In a oh, yeah, we were a big one. What we used to do, so for me, when I was a freshman, because we were so small, I had to play varsity football as a freshman. All 90 pounds, soaking wet, you know, fucking yeah. Jake. 90 years old. There we go. And I was fucking... What position you play? I play wide receiver and uh, safety or cornerback and then kick returner, too. Nice. So I, the pounds. only first team I made all conference was kick returner. Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, I made, like, second team wide receiver or something like that my senior year. But uh, basically... Uh, where was I going with that? I don't know. Oh, we used to haze a lot. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. So, yeah. (laughs) So, I was a freshman, and what they're hazing for me was I had to get a balding haircut. So, everything on the sides was long, right? The sides and the back were long, but they cut a horseshoe on the top of my head, and they would shave it. 
every day before practice. So I walked around with a horse, like a balding man haircut, with a horseshoe on the top of my head that was bald. <laughs> What'd your dad say about that? Dude, he just went along with it. He loved it. He thought it was fucking hilarious. But uh, so, uh, so yeah, and then. I was a cocksucker too when I was a freshman, so I got ten cereal all the time. <laughs> I got ten cereal, and then we we play this other game where we'd fuck. It was called uh, Hangman. And what we do is we had a rope that we used to keep, and we'd hang freshmen upside down until the coaches came out on the goalposts. <laughs> so we'd hang them by their ankles until the coaches came out, which <laughs> was randomly, you know. So sometimes it was fucking two minutes. Sometimes it was like fifteen twenty. <laughs> oh god! But uh. But yeah, so I got hangman and I got fucking ten cereal a lot. But and I, and I walked around as a bald man forever. Oh, and also, part of my before my first game, I got duct taped into a chair and I had to watch Two Girls One Cup, which is ironic because I'm sitting in a, dude in a closet, closet right now. Yeah, and then I had to watch like thirty minutes of gay porn that was on a loop. <laughs> The and they just left me there. Me Man. and me and one other guy. Isn't it funny how taped like, up? How like, uh, in a non-offensive way, how homosexual high school sports are. Yeah, because it's I, great. I remember getting helicoptered many. Oh, a time. all the helicopter. Helicopter. <laughs> Do you want to talk about very homosexual? You used to play this game. Jeez, <laughs> oh, dude, I can't believe I'm telling this story. We used to have this game called FISFA. 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 Is it kicking shit around? Because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> no. you Okay, so it was <laughs> the gayest thing ever in my life, probably. But it was in the showers we had. Not a huge shower room. Like, yeah. bigger than this fucking closet we're sitting in. But yeah. it was, you know, a decent size. And we had those, you know, those gas station Red Bull containers they keep by the, to keep stuff. It's like, you know, a, I don't even know what that shape is. But circular... It's basically a co- small cooler that moves yeah. around on wheels. Yeah, yeah. But it's circular, long-shaped. I don't fucking know. Sure. We keep Red Bulls and stuff like that. We had two of those. And we put them in the corners of the shower. And what we would do is put towels on the shower door. And we would flood the shower till it gets about that towel level. And we'd put those two containers in the sides. And we would play legit contact football with a soccer ball but you had to get it in that container. I'm not, dude, I couldn't make the shut. And you could kick, you, anything was legal. You could butt kick it off naked. the wall, butt-ass naked. <laughs> that was where I learned to helicopter people. That's it, man. From my girlfriend's brother, you know, in fucking small town, Wisconsin, <laughs> who, you know, it's runs a car dealership in town now. I mean, it was funny in high school to just stick your balls on another dude's Ouch, head. It's so funny. <laughs> it's funny to just... Yeah, and fucking fucking uh, tea bag uh, back in Halo yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, that shit was so funny. You had your little fucking flip phone. I'm telling you, we would play FISFA for an embarrassing amount. Like when I look back on it now, we'd play for four hours after practice sometimes. <laughs> four hours of just chilling naked with wrestling. dudes butt ass naked, like aggressively. Like you're tackling people in there. You're legit tackling people butt ass naked in there, which is gay as fuck. And I look back on it and I'm like, Dude, what the fuck was wrong with me? <laughs> but, dude, you had to snap the ball, too, which was the gayest part. Man. There was a center and a quarterback who put his hands on your... Right there on your Yeah. Back. I was... Dude, all right, so right I... Disclaimer! Right I was never this person. <laughs> I was never a center or a quarterback. 
But it happened. I'm telling you. Goddamn, that shit gay as fuck. Uh, I mean, you know, hashtag no offense, but gay as fuck. Yeah, I mean, I don't care if you're gay, but it's super gay. It was a bunch of just straight yeah. dudes getting real gay. Yeah. But that happens in high school, man. It does. Man. <laughs> Shit like that happens all the time. If anyone out there is telling me they didn't do... N- not I, that. No, honestly, I encourage but it. some gay shit in high school, you're lying. Well, because some of you figure out that you're gay. Some One of you person figure, did in there. Yeah, some of you figure out that... Yeah. I like this. Yeah. I'm going to continue this for There's the rest of my life. something about dudes' butts that keep me <laughs> nose to the ground, dude. There's something about... <laughs> There's something about a non-hairless high school ass that gets my fucking motor going, dude. Which is fine, dude. I encourage it. I encourage it because you need to too. figure yourself out. I can give a really fuck really about what you do when you go home, honestly. <laughs> so transitioning yeah. from FISFA. I, I know we, we wanted to talk about this. Yeah. And we talked about it before we started the podcast. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> transitioning, it's going to be the less, probably, I'll, I'll be yeah. less cackling like a goddamn hyena. Yeah. But it's so tattoos, right? Mm, yeah. Tattoos in the military. Yeah. I know when I joined... When I joined tattoos in the military, I could have been kicked out. We're not out cool. For, yeah, not I could have cool. been, been kicked out for the Not for long for me, a little longer for you. You've been a little <laughs> longer than me, but they're not cool yeah. when I first joined. In the Air Force, they definitely weren't. Yeah. Um, they were like, hey, if you ever have to wear short sleeves blues, like you're going to get kicked out. Like, And I was like, yeah. welcome. Kick yeah. me out. Yeah. You want to kick me out? Yeah. Best guy you got. Kick yeah. me out. Exactly. You know? So, so like, uh, it, when did you start? And what made you want tattoos? Your dad tattooed uh, like. Abs- my dad has one tattoo, and yeah. he was fucking livid, dude, when he saw I had a bunch of tattoos. So yeah, for you guys that aren't here, sitting in this intimate closet right on top of each other, like me, and, oh yeah, me and Dakar, uh, I got my whole right arms done uh, up to you know, I got whole sleeve on my right arm. I got some on my leg. Uh, my chest, my ribs. Uh, I got you know tattoos everywhere, and you know Dax is also a heavily, you know, illustrated man himself. Oh yeah. So uh, my first tattoo was like an idiot right after basic training. That a boy. And I sent it. You uh, got money. You got yeah, money. You got dude. You got money, bro, dude. Yeah, <laughs> they're handing hookers out after basic for all you boys that are thinking about joining. They give you hookers, tattoos, money. San Antonio. Yeah. You graduate, they send you straight to Jaguars. Yeah. You get 700 bucks every yeah. two weeks. Not, I mean, it's probably 500 bucks. Can you imagine $700 in your fucking pocket, buddy? <laughs> in a strip club? Yeah. Dude, you're king for a day in yeah, that Yeah, king for 30 minutes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, dude, straight out of San Antonio. I'd fucked around with those little uh, ones in high school. I'd always been interested in tattoos. I'd fucked around with those little needle ones you'd give yourselves. Mm-hmm. But they're super small and none of them stuck. Yeah. So I, I knew I was always going to get tattoos from the front. But, but to go back to my dad's one tattoo, which is fucking hilarious, dude. He had the most unlike thing him you'd ever meet in your life because he's a super white guy like me out background super german and italian but i get the german side so i'm super pale just like my dad and he uh he has this native american girl riding a horse with a sunset in the background just on his shoulder that a boy and it is i'm telling you there's nothing like my dad is (laughs) and he fucking despises it he hates that tattoo so much 
and he'd mm-hmm. tell me every day, he's like, you fucking get tattoos, you're going to regret it, blah, blah, blah. If you come with tattoos home, he's like, don't come home. He eventually, he got over it, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so, I think it was because my, exactly, my dad told me not to, that I wanted to get a bunch of them, and of I got course. super interested in them, and then I got obsessed, but, uh. Yeah, my first one, my first real one was in San Antonio. I fucked around with gray and uh, gray and black, you know, realistic style. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that that was kind of fucking lame, honestly. I'm sorry. It is. I'm sorry for you guys that got them, but to me, they're super lame and they're basic-ass white bitch slash white To put it in 2019 lingo, it's like fuckboy tattoos. It is. I, I think so, but... Obviously, this is super fucking opinion, but I think they're super fucking lame. So I got a couple of them covered, and I am like, I got like a rainbow on my arm now, basically. But I do strict American traditional now, yeah. which you got neo traditional, which is super cool with a bunch of color in it. But yeah, it, don't let anyone tell. If you want a tattoo, go get a fucking tattoo and get what you want. If you want black and gray, I'm not telling you not to get it. Yeah. My brother Tyler, the other host yeah. of this podcast, he has all black and gray. Yeah, and no traditional, no neo tread. It's yeah. all black and gray. We yeah. both got our first tattoos. I think I was fifteen, and he was yeah. thirteen. Exactly. When I started messing around with needles, I was probably sixteen. I give myself those little stick and poke homemade mm-hmm. ones. But uh, he got his legit first tattoo. Yeah, thirteen, like in a shop. Oh fuck! Thirteen years old. My first one was fifteen, and look at this shit. <laughs> it's a fucking tribal tattoo, dude, dude. That fucks. It was a lot bigger back in the day, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I got that when I was fifteen. It's a, there's a little bit of a funny story, so I'll omit names for the respect of the individuals. I like the guys, yeah, uh, that that you know kind of forced me to get this tattoo. <laughs> um, not really even forced me. So what what had happened is I had a girlfriend. I think I was in tenth grade. Mm-hmm. I had a girlfriend. And uh, she had texted me. She's like, this guy called me a bitch. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck. I don't care. He didn't do anything to me because I'm 15 years old. Yeah. I care about what you give me. I don't care about what I got to do for you, right? Yeah. So I'm fucking, uh, I'm texting her. She's like, oh, he called me a bitch. So Mm -hmm. I text him, the guy that had called her a bitch. And I was like, hey, man, could you just apologize to her so she can get off my back? Because yeah. I didn't have any... Like, I didn't give a shit. Yeah, call 15, you you're not... Yeah, call her what you want. You're not throwing bows at yeah, anyone yeah, at that call age. call her what you want. You know? And uh, and I had no interest in fighting the guy. And then he's like... He took it as an offense. Or took offense to the fact that I had texted him saying, Hey, could you please apologize to her so she can get off my back? Damn, this is a like, hard 15-year-old. Yeah, dude. and he's like, Fuck you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And his brother was a... I think he was a... 11th grader at the time? I don't know. I dude, think I was the like older ninth, brother, dude. I was in like 9th or 10th grade. Nightmare, dude. So, um, this dude is in my same grade, 10th grade. Yeah, it was 10th grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I was 15 years old. And I had said to this dude, I was like, you know, apologize to her. And he goes, well, fuck you, you fucking this, that, yeah. and the other. And back in the day, you could say other words. Yeah. So, he called me the F word for gay. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, all right, buddy, meet me at Aaron's parking lot. And Aaron's was a uh, furniture store. Oh, hell yeah. And so, we met up in Aaron's parking lot, and he brings his older Nothing brother. Nothing like going to fisticuffs in fucking Aaron's parking lot, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, he brings his older brother. And I was like, oh, oh fuck. Fuck. So, I get my buddy. His name is Delaney. Shout out to Delaney. I don't know what he's doing now. He's got a couple kids. But uh, he's a good little guy. So, I bring Delaney. I was like, hey, if I get jumped... You need to jump in, and you need to fuck this dude up, right? <laughs> and uh, so I go, and I'm sitting there, I'm talking, Delaney's backing off, and uh, so I'm like, ah, fuck it, I 
gotta get the first hit in. Yeah. So I punched this dude, poor guy. I mean, he's yeah. a good, he's a good fucking guy. If you're listening to it and you know who you are, you're a good fucking dude. So I punch him, and then when I punch him, I realize he didn't do shit. He was froze. So I keep punching him, and everybody said he was a street fighter. They said and the other. Yeah, yeah. So I keep punching him, and then he grabs my necklace because I wore necklaces back then. And uh, everyone did. I was like, like, go my necklace, dude. And then he broke my necklace. I double legged him. Anyway, I I double legged him because I was wrestling at the time. And and I start ground and pounding his ass. Yeah. And then at one point, he had long hair. I start kneeing him in the face. It used to be a real good video of this. I'm kneeing him in his fucking face. It's all purple. I haven't been touched. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm in the golden zone. Well, his brother, who was at our high school, won the state championship uh, in my junior year. So when the brother was in, yeah. he was the pitcher. Yeah. Now, this motherfucker, if you know anything about pitchers, they can throw a mean straight, even oh, if yeah. they've never thrown a straight before in their life. Because yeah. it's similar actions, yeah. right? So he gave me this little, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, a little bit. Scar, Scar over yeah. my eye. He gave me about seven or eight stitches. I think it was seven stitches over yeah. my right eye. Punched me one time. Everybody was like, eat you with brass knuckles. This yeah. and the other. I was like, no. That's just a pitcher. Right yeah. <laughs> so he comes up, he punches me, I'm leaking everywhere. And uh, I look at Delaney, I'm like, what the... Or I look at the guy who punched me, I was like, what the fuck, man? He goes, you shouldn't have kicked my brother's ass! Yeah. And then both of them run off. And yeah. Boys, but he skips the other boy, he skips yeah. a couple of days because his face was purple. But, uh, and then I look at Delaney and I was like, what the fuck, man? You were supposed to kick his ass if he kicked yeah. my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Where the <laughs> fuck were you, yeah. dude? And so I was getting a fight with my boy. Yeah. And, uh, anyways, we made up and I went home. And that day, before I get to the tattoo portion, my brother, uh, yeah. that day I went home with a girl who had been caught a bitch. And yeah. She was a bitch, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I went, Rightfully so, yeah. I went home to my house with the girl. And I had my uh, shirt off, and I was holding my eye over yeah. the sink in my trailer in West Virginia. Yeah. And my mom walks in, and my brother comes in behind her. He was probably 13. Yeah. Uh, the co-host of this podcast, he comes in behind her, and his nose is broken, and he's bleeding all over his jersey. It was a white jersey. Yeah. And there's blood all over this fucking thing. Yeah. And my mom, she looks at me. And then she looks back at him, and I got blood all over my chest. Oh, and Lord. I've got, that you know, I gotta go get seven stitches. My brother's got a broken nose. Yeah. And she's like, I'm fucking sick of you, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. So anyway, long story short, um, I had chased that guy around that punched me a couple times. I chased him through what was, uh, you know, uh, those shoes. What were they called? They were basketball shoes. Stephen Berry's, maybe? Oh. Was that the think- store? Yeah, Stephen yeah. Barry's. Stephen Barry's. I forget the I'm name. Of the, sure. I forget the name of the fucking shoes. Yeah. So I see this dude. I was like, I text all my friends. I'm like, you see this motherfucker that punched me? I'm gonna go get him. Yada yada yeah. yada. So I had done chase him out of the Stephen Barry's or whatever, and uh, my mom, she had gotten a phone call, and oh, that shit. kid's mother's lawyer <clears throat> was my aunt's lawyer, right? Oh, and Jesus. we're talking the state appointed lawyer. Uh, yeah, yeah. They had, you know. Yeah. Uh, public defenders. Yeah. Right? So both, the same guy was both their public defenders. And so this kid had called that yeah. guy, that lawyer, and said, this person's attacking Dakota Alexander's attacking me, <laughs> yeah. yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And uh, my mom's like, listen, you got to leave this boy alone. You're getting us into legal trouble. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. I said, mom, you take me right now and get me a tattoo. I'll leave him alone forever. Shut the fuck up. I swear to God. And she took me that day to uh, Custom Dreams. Anyway, Mike is the tattoo artist. I think it was Custom Dreams. Yeah, he never was, forget, 
You never forget the first guy giving a tattoo. I was 15 years old. And this Shout whole, out the lunchbox for my first tattoo. This whole fucking tattoo is none of my scar tissue, dude. That yeah. motherfucker ripped it. In. It yeah. was a pick and stick. I walk in and I was like, I want that one. That's tribal. That's bad. <laughs> oh my lord, dude. Yeah, that's, that's a funny first, fucking tattoo story. That's so, my first tattoo story. So the basic, the best tattoo story I have, which is the one on my right near my collarbone on my right side by my shoulder which I'll show back right now is a Mexican <laughs> Snoopy so it's Snoopy with a giant Mexican sombrero hat on right so part of our training we go out to Vegas for what three four months and mm-hmm. uh, so putting a kid who's basically 21 right into Vegas is like the worst situation possible that the Air Force could put me in yep so I had been, you know, boozing all the time and getting tattooed out there, you know, like a young fucking crazy stupid kid does. <laughs> and I was drinking four or five times a week because in Vegas the party never stops. No, it doesn't. And once you get to know a couple people, you drink for cheap and you drink, you know, and you get into the best places. Yeah. So uh, I've got a couple tattoos out there sober. All my tattoos are sober, basically, besides this one. And uh, I was in Vegas and at a bar, super famous bar on Fremont Street called Gold Spike. A lot of people, everyone, a lot of people have been in Vegas. It's like the adult game. Yeah, yeah, you do tons of shit out there, and they have a sweet bar in there. And uh, I had seen the guy who did most of my tattoos sober, and we start just hitting the bottle hard and we're hitting the bottle hard and it got to the point where bar was closing kicking you out the bars do close in vegas by the way (laughs) (laughs) and uh so his tattoo shop couldn't have been you know a couple hundred feet down the line Mm -hmm. so he goes uh me and a couple of my boys that i was with he goes hey everyone come down i got some beers in my mini fridge in the shop the tattoo shop right so we're getting there we're drinking beers he goes, boys, yeah, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you a little story about tattoos that they used to do when Sailor Jerry was still around. And what it would be is boys, Navy boys would come in the shop before they were about to ship off to World War II, and they'd roll a dice. And whatever that dice landed on, and there's numbers. That's why there's numbers on all those tattoos that you see when you go into a shop. It's a oh. super old tradition. And whatever they rolled, that's what they got tattooed. And I happened to roll Mexican fucking Snoopy. That's fucking badass, dude. And I woke up in the morning and had no fucking clue. <laughs> what was on me. I blacked out at the Gold Spike one time with a British <sighs> name. Or a British multiple. dude uh, named Redders. And That's it was a the super first British time, name. Yeah, it was the first time I ever had a gin and tonic. Oh. And this man, he's like, I'm going to butcher the accent. It's probably yeah. Cockney. I have no fucking idea what kind of accent this is. Yeah. But he was like, oh, you've never had a fucking... Gin and tonic, eh? <laughs> yeah. And he gets me blacked it's out. Like Harry Potter shit. Yeah, man. This is back in the... This is 2016, I think. Yeah. A couple years ago. But I blacked out. I didn't wake up till the next shit morning. Shit tastes like water, man. 2 p.m. Yeah. 2 p.m. the next day. Yeah. I presumably went to bed around 8 a.m. Yeah. And it was the same night I lost... Who knows when it's by. Vegas, man? Dude, you know. Because, yeah, the bar closed, but there's always something else that's open. How hot is it? It yeah. doesn't matter. In the yeah. fucking Caesar Palace, it's yeah. 70 degrees yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. And they're pumping oxygen in that bitch like you're fucking in a tent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, man. But, uh, 
Listen, we're at about close to two hours now. Yeah. This is close to the longest podcast I've ever done. Yeah. It might be past the one that uh, that Knuckles. Knuckles and I did. Do you? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up because we both have work tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> and I'm lit like a fucking Christmas tree already. Yeah. Um, is uh, there anything you want to say to the Ocash mob? Uh, anybody that follows me on YouTube, Twitter, anything like that, you want to say to the guys that you think could be the lasting impression you give? Uh, tell you what, I mean, got tons of stories. Some I didn't even get to, you know, some crazy yeah. stories. But uh, I tell you what, man, just yeah, like we said. Be kind, you know, party hard, and just don't be a bitch. There we go. Yeah, just don't be a little bitch. Yeah, I'm going to bring this uh, hard-ass motherfucking military veteran <laughs> back onto this podcast at some point within the next four or five weeks before I leave the military. Uh, we're booked out. Next week, I'm having uh, a, a veteran NCO on uh, Lane. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm having Lane on next week. Uh, the following week, I'm going to have Knuckles back on. Oh, and then Knuckles the week after that, I would love to have you back on. Yeah, dude, let's do it. I got some great stories. Yeah, the Ocash Mob is going to love it. I yeah. love it. Uh, my family's going to listen to this. My brother's yeah. going to love it. Uh, for you guys out there, we're going to come back at you uh, Saturday, I believe. Uh, Tyler and I are going to get back on here. We're going to talk about some leadership, which you and I didn't even get to, man. Yeah, that's true. We didn't even get into that stuff. Or and we're balls deep in fucking leadership. Yeah. So Tyler and I, we're going to talk about some leadership. We're going to talk about some... Uh, he just started his new job in Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, we're going to talk about all that. So stick around. Stay tuned. Uh, this has been Overtly Casual, hosted by myself, Dak, and my brother, Ty, and uh, with our special guest, Jake, today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It was a blast. Yes, sir. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>